0: Category is, is mental health. Category is, is It Takes a Village.
1: Category is, is Motherfucking Stories Over Stigma.
2: Bro, <laughs>
1: white friends, get you some white motherfucking friends. You ain't gotta sleep with them, but you gonna need them motherfuckers. If you go to jail and call your nigga friends, these motherfuckers will interrogate you more than the goddamn police did. They had your ass on the phone, where the fuck was you at? What the fuck was you doing?
3: Why the fuck you ain't called me?
1: Not your white friends, These motherfuckers will be there by the time you hang up the phone and they'll be madder than you. Just what the fuck did he do? Murder? Murdered who? Look, I fucking know him for two weeks. He wouldn't fucking do something like that. All I'm saying is life is too short for racism. We all got motherfucking problems. But we can learn. We can learn. Just niggas, just fuck that. Just don't try to do everything with your white friends. Don't get drunk with your white friends can't do
4: no I uh, I uh, got like third like a whole 30 pound thing of peaches when they were in season and uh, I got them for free and I was so excited so I like prepped them all and they've been in the freezer for months and I was like, I've got to clear these out. So I called my grandma. I was like, You want to learn how to make jam? She was like, Heck yeah, I do. Come on over.
5: So, t- so tell me what flavors you actually have. Like, I'm I'm curious. Peach. Now. She did peach. Like, well, no, she did peach. But what else do you have?
4: I did peach and I did blueberry. What else? Do you have That's his favorite. Um, strawberry, plum, and I also have a um, nectarine brown sugar one, which is super good.
5: What? where do you live again?
4: I live in Georgia.
5: Okay. So if we wanted to, okay, so we're not headed to Florida anytime soon. Right. So if we wanted to have, if we wanted to buy some from you, like what would it take to get like, um, (laughs) especially that, uh, what do you, the, yeah, I like all of them, all of them.
4: You just, just send me a message when you're, when you're going to be on this side of town and I will, I'll bring you one of every flavor.
5: What, where in Georgia are you again?
4: We live in Griffin, so we're like between um, Atlanta and Macon, but we're like right off the interstate. Oh, that's nice.
5: Mm, we'll have to we'll go that way so that we can take what is it eighty down to Florida. What, what is that eighty three down the Florida? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it goes right I don't down know the Florida. Name of the <laughs> it goes goes to Florida. Like <laughs> I just know we go south until we get there. Well, that's ninety five. <laughs> yeah, was, you, you know. Wow. So how did you get into this?
4: Um. I don't really know. Like I, um, I grew up on like a little farm, um, Mm -hmm. when I was younger and then we moved to the city. Right. And you know, I was like living the city life. Totally fine with that. Um, my husband and I got married, bought our first house, sold our house, moved into an RV. And, and I was like, we should get chickens. And it went downhill from there, you know, it always does. uh, God bless
5: them. God so like bless them.
4: Chickens, we got rabbits now. And once we move, we'll get pigs probably. Um,
5: you guys, you must be buying a big piece of property.
4: We want to, well, we were going to, you know, and then the pandemic hit and then it was like, oh, everything's like really expensive. Mm-hmm. And right, yeah, so kind of just put on hold. We'll see what we're going to do, but doesn't matter how much land we have, we can make it work.
5: How many acres you have now?
4: Um, we live on nine acres right now. <sighs> um
5: we, okay so our homestead is only one acre and we have like yeah yeah we but, need more okay. land
4: you know what it's nine acres but most of it is wooded and okay. all of it is a rock farm like we mm-hmm. have like like bringing a bobcat to move rocks kind of land yeah, yeah so it's not really like fertile or anything like that you know I had yeah. a couple of raised beds this year and Um, my mother-in-law, we live on the same land as my mother-in-law and she kind of has like a little garden area that she's worked over the years. So we, what do we even grow over there? You know, we always have the best of intentions and then like life (laughs) happens and then Then you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. We planted that. So, so
5: so will you guys all move together? Like will your mother-in-law move with you when you buy the bigger piece of property?
4: Um, yeah, I think so.
5: Are you headed for 20 acres or what? Or more? Uh,
4: No, my husband wants to move into the mountains and uh, Mm. my son wants to move to Colorado and Mm. uh, I just want a big kitchen, so. (laughs) Colorado is beautiful.
5: (laughs) Rebecca's from Colorado. Colorado
0: is beautiful. That's where I grew up. Um, It's very expensive now. Mm -hmm. It has gotten extremely expensive in Colorado. Now, I don't know, I mean-
5: Southern Colorado the eastern is fine.
0: Plains probably are a little bit cheaper.
5: The further south you go to, towards New Mexico is fine. Yeah. I, but
0: it's I have, expensive. I,
5: I just, you know, it's funny because I was just looking at property back in Colorado again, just for kicks and giggles. And I was just, I I, I couldn't believe it because it was literally like we're talking just like all house, nothing. It was 2.5 million dollars. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was insane. Like I just expensive. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how bad, like how expensive it's gotten in this th- and it, they don't have water I mean it's a hole.
4: We have water we have reservoirs.
5: Well, you can move the wire. We live on
4: a well. We live on a well and Yeah, we have a well as Yeah. That is like the number probably we only we have a very short list of qualifications, right? Like on a well has a fireplace, has a big kitchen. Those are the only things <laughs> that are necessary, but It used to be pretty affordable to buy a house out here. We, when did we, we bought our first house in 2017 and we only paid $68,000 for it. Good Lord. And it was a three bedroom, two bath house. And it was, you know, and I was like, it was the first, you know, first house we ever bought. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's our first mortgage payment. Like, I hope we can make our mortgage payment, you know? And now I'm like, oh God, I wish we hadn't have sold that house. Like
5: <laughs> what about what about South Georgia now? Like near Plathville or Plath or wherever it is, like down towards the Alabama, I think it is, or is that my right? Is that my geography? The southern border of Georgia.
4: I mean, I know what's that it- really? Going south from where we live is cheaper until you get too close to Florida, right? Like Mm -hmm. until you get too close, then it gets more expensive. But my husband works kind of like all over and around Atlanta. So Mm -hmm. we have to be close. Close, Yeah. Within a certain amount. I work from home, so it don't matter where I live. I
5: I didn't realize that Alabama, the border was, am I thinking that Alabama is close to Georgia or is Alabama close to Louisiana?
4: You have a whole I need computer a map. in front of you. It's in I know. The, it's between the two.
5: Yeah. It, I know. I should know better. Uh Yeah. I mean it's, it's hard to decide where to go nowadays. And let, this stuff just keeps getting expensive, like, like overnight. It is it is crazy.
4: <clears throat> About $250,000. For 250000 you could get a three bedroom, two bath mobile home on three acres here. That's not bad. I don't want to spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a mobile home. They do not. Mm, mm, mm. They do not uh, recoup value at all. And now that I work in homeowners insurance, they are not so great to insure. So.
5: Well, and you know, you had me until you said mobile home, and I was like, you know, everything else was like, okay, okay, that's it's all about perspective. Then you said mobile home for two hundred fifty k, I was like, (sighs)
4: yeah, not going to happen. You know, if you were like. You know, if you were like if your budget was 500,000 and you and you bought that, you could build another house for 250 on the same land. Yeah. That's
5: true. Um, and then you have
4: a place to stay while you build the house.
5: That's mm-hmm.
4: true. And rent it out. Airbnb. Yeah. Oh my God, out here. My mom just converted. She has like a little carriage house behind her house. Oh really? just converted it into an Airbnb. And it is booked all month, all of the time, yeah. every weekend. And I'm like, what are these people doing out here in the middle of nowhere?
5: who knows like Like, trying to living the like living in some nostalgia um you know that like from the movies gone with the wind I think that's what's happening but you know it's funny there's this like online app I don't know what it is but like all these investors like to get on it and rah rah each other and and I and I was invited so I went one day and I just can't believe I can't remember what it is but I'm looking through my phone now to, to see what it is but anyway I jumped on it and most of the people were in Georgia Most of the people were investors who lived in Georgia and were buying up property in Mm -hmm. and around the Atlanta metro area.
4: Um, I don't really know what happened. It could have been due to COVID, but it was like overnight people from New York and people from California all moved here because 1 million gets you way more in Georgia than it does in California and New York.
0: I bet a lot of people from New York during the pandemic moved down there because there was that flood of people who left New York.
4: Yeah, because
0: it was just it was too so much. bad. It was so bad with COVID, and you know, yeah. where do you go after the city? You go to the country. You know, well, yeah. There's yeah.
4: fresh air and the uh, <laughs> the city people and the people the the city people do not know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, so they never do. The, the Atlanta is, I would say highly populated Democrat and the red, the farther you go away from Atlanta, the more patient you're going to have to be.
0: Yeah. The more red it gets, right? Like the further out you go, the redder it gets.
5: I like the way she put that. She said, the more patient you have to be. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like people, you know, I'm, you know, I hear especially north, like north of Atlanta, the north Georgia area, which is, you know, it's changing, but and there's a lot of rift in between, like between the the new people that are moving in and then the people that are that have been there and people hold those you know everyone holds their own convictions and none of us are listening to one another so it's just the way it goes these days
4: yeah I mean Texas has had the same problem where people from out of state are moving here because they like whatever aspected you know of Georgia that they like but Mm -hmm. then they vote the way that they were voting in their own states and so you know it's gonna change. So I yeah. mean, I'm not. I'm not super. I'm really not political at all. And like, but it is a very heavily uh, conservative area. And the way that my town, the just the way COVID impacted us was just so different from the way that it impacted in Atlanta. Atlanta had mask mandates mm-hmm. everywhere. Couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere without a mask. And most people where I live do not wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't ever worn a mask but we're a lot less populated yeah so there's not as many people in general um so I don't ever leave my house so my life didn't change at all
5: but <laughs> well, you know I just want to get back to the days where public health was not politicized that's all I want to get back to so um where people trust their physicians and their medical professionals and all the other stuff is just bluster um, now you're
4: asking for a little bit too much i I
5: know right that's what i'm asking for well i mean we live in a well i mean we kind of live live we live rural too so we do understand so anyway oh you know what so that's great now we don't even have to really do a lead into the show when we go (laughs) live like so and uh so for everyone listening, we are pre-recording this show, so it's not live just because our schedules are all messed up. But we'd love to have you back for a live show too. But um, why don't you introduce yourself and uh because now that we've been talking to you um for the last what I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Um introduce yourself to the everyone in bipolar land.
4: Hi, bipolar land. Um, my name is Ansley Vessel and um I know Rebecca through um, Bipolar Babes, which is like an online Facebook group. It's like a discussion group slash support group. It's kind of growing um, as we go along. And it was a 100% manic whim decision that now (laughs) I'm committed to forever. That's very nice. So you, you
0: started it and then your sister is also a big part of it too, right?
4: So... My sister is in the group, um, but the other person that like runs it with me is Emma and um, Emma and I actually grew up down the street from each other. Oh, very nice. Um, we went to school together and we were, we had the, I don't even know, we we're in high school, you know, and so we just named each other frenemies. Like we were mm-hmm. friends and we were enemies and it was because mm-hmm. we were so much alike that we just really like butt heads all the time and what
5: what, was it more like glee or was it more like you know um what is the one where they poured the the blood on the carrie Carrie? like what was
4: (laughs) never i've never seen carrie but (laughs) um you know we just we lived in like in the same neighborhood down the street we were in all the same classes went to the same schools had all the same friends so i was like we knew each other we were friends sometimes we weren't friends sometimes you know high school girls there's always something. Um, but one day she just posted on Facebook that she was diagnosed bipolar and mm. she was going through, um, I feel like when you get diagnosed bipolar, you go through an identity crisis almost. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I had just reached out to her and said like, Hey, do you want to get dinner one day? Um, cause I've, I've been through what you're going through and nobody else is going to understand. And so we got dinner and I, I I said like, when you get medicated for the first time, or when you find something that works for you for the first time, you're like, wait, who, you know, who am I without Mm -hmm. that? Who, who did, you know, who I used to be is so different than who I am now and all of that. And so I just like asked her, and I was like, she's really big into like organizations and like getting help and getting to the bottom of it because she's two kids, and both of her kids um, are autistic, mm-hmm. and she's used to really like digging through systems and digging through the medical field to get what she needs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so um, she was game, and I was like, let's start this thing, and I want to call it Bipolar Babes, and. Um, so now we just did it. I don't know. We just made a Facebook group, you know? And so and- you
5: yourself, you you don't have bipolar.
4: No, she does. I, I am, yeah. Oh,
5: you do? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were being, like, a really cool advocate and support, like, and, like, and moving in well, solidarity. She, she's like, all of she's...
4: those things. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. she has. Yeah, she has yeah. It, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was um, diagnosed, like, I don't even know. Maybe four months before we got married, my husband and I got married, and oh, wow. um, I was like, "You already put a ring on it, so <laughs> better decide if you're signing up for this or not." Um, but he, he <laughs> had and so said many that.
5: inappropriate jokes at that moment. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he, Go ahead. He really,
4: he really signed up for it, and um, you know, I I feel personally, I feel like I could have been diagnosed ten years ago and nobody was listening. Yep. Um, and I mean, I don't know if it's just how far we've come, like now, medical professions kind of like learning more about it, more willing to do the diagnosis, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going to the doctor at 15 and, and a doctor telling me, you're not depressed, you're not crying. Mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not depressed because i'm not crying right now in this that, moment you know that's such
5: an old school way of thinking of mental it health is. it is yeah, yeah.
4: And so i just couldn't believe it but you would i just look back on my past and think how did nobody catch this how did nobody catch this because in college if you know anything about medicating yourself or if you know anything about like the drug classifications of things mm-hmm. blow your mind to be go go to the doctor, and I'm like I, and I I don't have any motivation to do anything. And they were like, oh well, here's some Adderall. I'm like, okay, thank. So now no. I'm like, so I'm taking Adderall, and I'm like, I have really bad anxiety. Like my anxiety is just through the roof. And they were like, oh well, here's some anti-anxiety medicine. So now I'm taking Adderall and anti-anxiety medicine, and then I go back and I'm like, I cannot sleep and I don't know why. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you just must have insomnia, anxiety, and you know, your ADD. And so then I was on, um, you know, an anti-anxiety and Adderall. And, uh, what's the one that makes you go to sleep and do crazy stuff in your sleep? Abilify. Uh, Ambien. 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 Yeah. Yes. They're both really was, bad I about that. Sermon. So I'm on all these medications like, Oh
5: my gosh.
4: You know, and somebody could have just stopped and said, you really shouldn't have to be on that many medications to make yourself function. You yeah. know, obviously something's wrong with that. Um, and nobody ever did. And um, I just went through my life doing that. You know, then you, I, I think this is like the number one problem with bipolar, bipolar people across the board. I feel better now. So I'm going to stop taking my medicine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I am cured. Yeah. I feel better now. I don't need it anymore. So, I mean, I was just on like a rotational cycle of, I feel better. I feel like crap. I feel better, you know? Um, and I had a lot of, you know, problems that I needed to work through and I wasn't going to therapy because I didn't know anything was wrong with me. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for therapy now. Like, I think everybody needs to be in weekly therapy, I don't care if you think you have no problems. I think you need to be there.
0: Well, I mean, Uh, I I agree. I think everybody can benefit from therapy. I mean, you do not, you do not have to be diagnosed with the DSM to be in therapy, right? Like you you can totally be neurotypical and be in therapy. I'm going to give it to Jesus. I'm going to
5: give it to Jesus and I'm going to pray on it
4: my husband did not want to go to therapy I really was like please we please go we please go I mean for probably two or three years I could not get him on track and then I can't even I don't even remember we we just put we put a lot of work into our marriage like a lot of work and we're going through an infertility kind of struggle right now and so I was like no you really need to go and he's just said oh my god I have to talk to this guy for 30 minutes like what do you mean I don't even know what to talk about he came out of his first appointment and he was like "Woo, I'm glad next week's an hour like <laughs> <this> is great <laughs> I was like oh god open go up
5: the open the dam up right yeah
4: <laughs> open the floodgate.
5: So, so I was going to ask if you got because I thought you said you had a son right you guys have I you know. have one together already
4: so we do not have any children together um, this would be my son is 11 he okay. is my husband's uh first wife okay. um, but he lives with us I've had him since he was five so that's you know yeah.
5: that's my your mom I yeah. yeah 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 your mom what I was gonna say that is that I, I'm always I'm a big advocate for for some reason the older I've gotten like adoption actually I've always been an advocate for adoption and mm-hmm. I know that's that's a lot to it's a lot to think about but you know I've heard that in fact, I was just talking to someone in my day life, and they were and 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 uh, they adopted. And I was like, you know, I heard a story that when people are infertile, having pro- you know problems, you know, having babies, after they adopt, all of a sudden, like they have a baby, they have a baby, and they not they have like three or four because it just yeah. like let it all like the pressure is gone.
4: Hmm. I think yeah, it totally depends on what the cause of the infertility is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's true. And my stepdad actually adopted me and my brother. So I'm not um unfamiliar, you know, with what that feels like. And you know, a lot of people have told me that. And it's so it's really interesting. Do you guys you have kids, right? Yeah, we have two. We have two. Are both your both your kids?
5: Yeah.
4: Um like I already have one that I didn't give birth to, you know? And So I, I, that feeling of adopting a kid and having one, like I already have that.
2: That's true. And
4: yeah. so um, we've talked, you know, about it and, and different things, but his is actually like, we're both the problem. Like I've got hormone issues. He's got hormone issues, but we're working through it. And we're going to go to the, you know, we have doctors working on it and stuff, but you know, it took us like a billion and a half doctors to find somebody that yep. actually the crap. Um so we'll see, but to, like mad respect people who adopt, and that might be an right. option for us in the future. But right, right now my job that I have actually is based, talking about New York, based in New York, the company's based in New York. And New York city law is that health insurance companies have to provide um, three rounds of IVF. So that's like fifty thousand dollars that yeah
5: I, that's expensive that's
0: really expensive
4: yeah so i got really lucky with this job and and if we have to go that route then at least it'll be covered but if not and we don't have any kids then i only have seven more years and then i can do whatever i want <laughs>
5: <That's>
4: so, <laughs> so
5: um yeah i will we will keep in our thoughts and uh we the struggle is real go ahead i you gonna say i'm sorry
0: do you, this is a question that I always ask women who come on the show before they have kids. Are you worried that you're going to pass down your mental illness?
4: Yeah, I've thought about it a lot. I have a lot of other problems, like I have PCOS, which is part of the reason why I can't have kids. I'm bipolar and I have celiac disease.
5: What's PCOS?
4: Um, it's It's
5: I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dumb man. I'm sorry.
4: No, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a terrible name because you don't even have to have cysts on your ovaries.
0: And if you do have cysts on your ovaries, it's not guaranteed that you have PCOS because I have cysts and I don't have PCOS.
4: Yeah, it was, it was and no offense to you, Steven, it was probably a man that named it. It was, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm,
5: I'm pretty sure. It's like my father-in-law, her father says, like, I'm never surprised at how embarrassing my, our species is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
4: probably was. And, you know, that's okay. It is what it is. But I have thought about it. And, you know, my my mom has her own issues that she doesn't have issues, but she, you know, everybody has, Yeah. um, I'm a hundred percent sure that a good chunk of this came from my biological father's side. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm really not too worried about having kids that are bipolar because I'll know, Mm -hmm.
2: I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll
4: know that they're bipolar. I'll know. And we can start early and we can manage it you know, and Hmm. they'll have an advantage in life that I didn't have. Yeah. Um, and I think it can be man. I think it it can be managed. And even if I wasn't bipolar, we could still have a kid. Yes. With issues, you know,
0: and that is true. I mean, you can have two completely normal, healthy, whatever that is parents and come out with just a wackadoo kid. Like it just happens.
4: Yeah. And I, I'm hundred percent a wackadoo kid. And yeah,
0: I mean, I am too. <laughs> um, we're pretty sure that I got this from my mother's side of the family. Um, my biological grandfather, um, he died really young because he was a drunk, but we're pretty sure that he was bipolar. I mean, once I got once I got diagnosed as bipolar and like my mom started learning about it, she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what my father had.
4: (laughs) It's funny when you look back and then all of a sudden things start making sense and, you know, but I mean, how are you supposed to know? Because there's, if you don't, if you're not diagnosed bipolar, you don't know somebody in real life that's bipolar, there's only two options, right? Like either, oh my God, you're so bipolar (laughs) or you're it's like shameless on TV and they're like running around naked on drugs and then (laughs) they're crying in a corner. And like, that's just, that's not my life. I don't live that life, you know? And Mm -hmm. I got diagnosed by accident. I went to a therapist. She's still my therapist today. Love her. And she just said, well, I went in for PTSD problems. Like, I didn't even go in for anything to do with bipolar. And um, she was like, I think you should go to the doctor. Go and ask. I think you might be bipolar. You should go and ask. And I feel like I was just silly, kind of silly, but kind of not. But like, I thought I had the worst bipolar that there was. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
4: I thought I was so bad you know, and everybody who is bipolar is totally valid. And then we all experience it differently, but it wasn't until I started that group and saw how it impact, impacts other people that I was like, wow, like it's so it can get worse and it can be not so bad. It could be great some days and worse some days, you know, and, um, it's not just, she's mad or she's sad, you know, yeah um and i got lucky i was the first medicine that i tried for bipolar worked for me yeah um and i know a lot of people like don't want to be medicated for it they don't want to take medicine and i totally support that i can't function off of it yeah um i know for a fact that i can't because i went on birth control for like a month and the, and birth control cancels out lamotrigine and who I about lost my mind. I was like, I can't do this. I I cannot do this. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And then you would think the prescribing physician would be like, Oh, you're on Lamotrigine. Oh, birth control cancels that out. But nobody told me. So like, that was when I was like, Oh my God, this medicine does work. You know, at some point you get to a point where you're just like taking medicine every day and you kind of forget. Mm-hmm. Um, But I got lucky. It was the first medicine that I tried for bipolar. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We have very similar stories. Because, like, we found out I was bipolar
0: through a therapist. Mm
5: -hmm. We
0: found out I was bipolar six months into our marriage. Mm
5: -hmm. And we went to a therapist for not because we thought about bipolar, but we thought we were having issues.
0: Yeah, we were fighting all the time. And we couldn't figure it out. Um, And then, yeah, they put me on Lamotrigine. That was the
4: first one. I I also take Seroquel now. And, um, I think it, I really think my doctor was like, I think it's because you're not really sleeping. So this will help you sleep and help balance you out. But Mm -hmm. it really does not make me sleep. Um, it did the first time I took it, it scared me to death because I slept 14 hours straight and I couldn't, like, you know, like when you're so tired, only one eye opens, like that, that was me and I was scared, but then I guess after that, like it really does not put me to sleep, but I feel more stable on it. Um, so I choose to 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 keep it, even though it doesn't yeah. help sleep. I feel more stable. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure when when people meet me, they don't know that I'm bipolar. No. They would never guess. Um, it's interesting that you say you fight all the time. I mean, that's why you went. My husband and I used to fight a lot, and. I think it's because I just am so intense and I, I get hooked onto things and I can't let go. Yep.
2: Mm.
4: And he's so like chill, go with the flow and it, mm. and did not have, he never had in his own opinion. Like he never had any, it was always like, yes, whatever you want to do, or yeah, that's fine. I don't care. He didn't have an opinion. And now here we are four years later and all of a sudden he's going to therapy. He's got all these opinions about things. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute! <laughs> now I got
5: go to. You asked for it, though. Like, I don't yeah, like this. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Yeah, I
4: like, <laughs> I liked it better when you were quiet.
5: <laughs>
4: I do. It's so funny because it's like I'm meeting a whole new person. He's got a different personality, you know, and um, like learning how to deal with my own stuff, deal how you know, not be so intense all the time.
5: I, I was going to say, I, and, I, and I wanted to ask you like what your personality was like, because you seem, your demeanor here is very like easygoing, very relaxed. And I'm looking at you and I'm thinking about, well, my wife, she can be really intense sometimes. And yep. like, and you know, and especially because she's OCD and like, so like she can really focus. I really
0: attach onto She
5: things. really attach on to things.
0: But it's deeper than that. I mean, arguing in my household growing up was like a pastime like it's just what we all did for fun so when i get unstable like it's a competition to see who can win the argument <laughs> so i'll just pick a fight to pick a fight so i can i can
5: it's a yeah, relief it's get, get, like, get
0: anxiety winning. out right yeah and yeah. it's like i'm gonna win so it, right you know whatever but yeah like I, I will just pick a fight to pick a fight. And what it is, is to get out the anxiety and all of the inner turmoil, right?
4: That's so, that's so interesting. Cause I don't, I don't really like to fight. I'm a good debater and I definitely win because I'm hyper logical. And I like that. You're like, you seem so laid back. I, nobody's ever accused me of being easygoing and laid back. I am super uptight. <laughs> <laughs> I, <clears throat> I get so like, I get very worked up and stressed out easily. And I work with a lot of like customers and I am very, I don't, I I like to say this. Okay. I'm not a nice person, but I am a very uh, caring person Mm -hmm. and I will go out of my way to help somebody and I will take care of you. I started a support group, but I'm not like I'm I just I'm too uptight to be nice. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense to other people. I can see
5: why the New York company likes you because you're more in line with the up uh, with the northeastern person in terms of personality.
4: Well, yeah,
0: cuz it's That's not, so you know, you're funny. not you're not bubbly, you're not, you know, you're not excessively nice, but like
5: yeah, You're like, going to get it done.
0: And, you know,
5: this one here, when we lived in New England, it was a perfect place for her because no one was ever friendly and no one's nice and no one expected her to be. Where yeah. it's here in this Mid Atlantic area, there's kind of this balance and people kind of still kind of expect it because it's still kind of technically the South. There are a lot of people from the South, but then like they, they have that different expectations of people. But when we lived up north,
0: I blended in so she
5: was so yeah no one never had an issue with her
0: I know but now down here I'm you're
4: rude and
0: well aloof and yeah
4: yeah my my mother-in-law told me um you're very hard to read yeah you're very Mm. hard to read. and I said really I'm I really don't feel like I'm hard to read she's like yeah we just don't know story of my life we don't know what we're gonna get right like we don't know what we're gonna get (laughs) that's like typical with bible (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to get. And I said, I feel like I'm really not that hard to read. Like, I'm probably depressed and I'm not happy and I'm probably like stressed out. Like, I feel like those are like, I'm not hard to read. Like, I'm just not happy. Like, yeah. Well, and- you know, you,
5: you know what? I've, I I've begin to understand that, like, because I, I look at it through my mother and Rebecca, And my mother is so sensitive that a lot of times when she would see Rebecca in a mood, I think she took it personally. personally. And she didn't understand that there was something else going on. And then I have to spend more time being a referee or actually explaining this to people. And it's, it's happened. It even happens with her parents too. Like I just, you know, I'm, I'm the mediator. So it's like, no, one's paying me for this. I'd be rich if they were.
0: It's very frustrating when you have an illness like bipolar and then people get mad at you because you're being bipolar it's like, mm-hmm.
5: what what, yeah. do you, what do you want from me like <laughs> well but it's also you can be mad and you can have your human moment but you also have to be you have to be compassionate and understanding that the person is not going to necessarily remember how they treated you like that's I mean, not my problem I mean like for Rebecca it's like okay well, I was mean, or I might've been mean, I don't know, but get over it. Like everybody does. Like, it's kind of like, it's never, that part of it is never long-term. It's always short and it's always micro. Whereas a lot of times when people get their feelings hurt, of course, it's macro, it's big, it's big. And everyone, no one ever forgets it. And I think that's the biggest challenge when it comes to people, your caregivers in your community. And so when your mother-in-law says, I don't know what I'm getting, it's probably because like, she doesn't understand how to check for cues maybe before she engages. Like for me, I check for cues to understand what day I'm dealing with, especially when we were going through those big medication issues. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. My husband and I try to, I think that what works best for us is to just tell him, I just say, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a rough, I'm having a hard day. Um, You know, and my mother-in-law, I don't go over there if I'm in a mood. And it's interesting that you say in a mood because that is like, to me, it's like back, like uh, flashbacks is bad, you know, because my mom would always be like, are you in a mood? Are you in a mood? You know? (laughs) And it became such a negative thing to be in a mood. And, (laughs) uh, you know, some, I think sometimes I'm, not in a mood, I'm just overstimulated. Like uh, a lot of not, the times, it doesn't even have to be the environment, it's my own brain, it's my mm-hmm. own mind. I'm overstimulated because I can't stop whatever is going on. And I think with bipolar, uh, when I meet people who just got diagnosed or like who are talking about it, I think it's important for us to logically be able to identify what is the what's wrong, right? and. The number one thing that I think affects us is whatever I'm feeling right now feels like the only thing I've ever felt before. Yep, I can't remember a time where I didn't feel this way. Yep, right. And it makes the mania, it makes the happiness, it makes the sadness, it makes the depression, it makes all of the feelings so much more intense because mm-hmm. I can't remember not feeling like that. And the OCD feels like that but like on repeat you know it's like Mm -hmm. amplifying um so when people meet me and they they don't know they they don't know I'm like oh you know whatever and like it's so funny because like I would say 45 is not really it's not old but like 45 to like 65 like that's my demographic those are my people
5: yeah those are my people too
4: those people I get along with and anything younger than that is hard for me it's harder for me and um i think it's because they're quieter <laughs> i think the older you get people are more quiet and their feelings don't get hurt as it's, it's easy um so but i think
5: even, i mean this 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 next generation they i mean it's true they are a little sensitive
4: i am that generation i'm 26 yeah
5: Oh, you're I, not forty-five? Oh no, I'm 40. she's
4: saying that forty-five to
0: sixty is the oh, place where she's so you're just sits. talking
5: junk about my generation. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're, we're I, tough yeah, as nails. Well,
0: you know, the we're Gen tough X- as the,
5: nails. Yes, the
0: Gen Xers were left alone a lot.
5: That's true.
0: Um, they were unsupervised for most of most of their childhood. No
5: one ever got a trophy. Um, y'all no were one...
0: latchkey kids. Like they yeah. didn't
4: have time to be emotional.
5: You went outside <laughs> and said, "You better get home before the lights turn on." There was you not know, this. My
4: husband, he says, uh, "Easy times make weak men, and and hard times make strong men, and and that's you know where we are. Is my generation." and younger they have it so easy and it's like they don't know how to do anything they're too work if you had to if you have to worry about surviving you're not worried about anything else yeah
5: yeah true. good pills of facts
4: i mean it's true there is good and bad
0: to it i think that the young raising the younger generation i can yeah. i i think that kids nowadays are more sensitive and they are more they read people's emotions better and and they're more empathetic and all of those things. And so, yeah, they're a lot different than like the Gen Xers and even the millennials because now millennials and Gen Xers are raising them to be what they weren't, right? Like we were left alone and we had to deal with our emotions by ourselves and self-soothe, which is why we're all on medication and in therapy. So like now we raise our children to understand that you don't have to self-soothe. You know, my brother was raised with the whole be a man, be a man, you know, you can't cry, be a man. And we have two boys and I'm very, you know, I'll tell them to buck up if they're being, you know, a little whiny, but it's like, no, you can have emotions and you can cry and you can, you can feel these things. You don't have to keep them all bottled up inside. Cause that's what their father does, you know, and then you keep it all bottled up inside. And then every month you explode and yell at the whole house over the dishes, not being done properly. And start it all over again. <laughs>
4: and I think that's So and how old are your kids? Uh, we have a 16 year old and an 11 year old. Yeah. Okay. So Ray, you're, we're both raising 11 year old boys and you know, it's, I love that topic because it's, so interesting and it's so different. And my mom was very <clears throat> stringent, I would mm-hmm. say strict. And um, I found myself being like that. I found myself being, so yep. blah, 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 you know, and um, authority, you know, authoritarian, you know, yep. like authoritative and, and over the top. And my husband would be like, why are you so much right now. And so that was something I really had to back down and work on. And because my husband doesn't know how to communicate. I mean, he really, he's going to therapy. He's doing a great job learning. And, um, this is, I mean, you, you already know how expensive going to doctors and everything can yeah. be. And I go to therapy and I, I talk for an hour straight and I know exactly what I want to talk about. And we get things done and I'm like, but, up, 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 Okay and I'm paying a $20 copay. Okay. My husband is going to, he was going to this therapist. We actually just switched therapists, but we're paying $115 for him to go an hour every week, which is a Mm. lot of, Yeah. which I'm a hundred percent. It's worth the money. I can make that work. I'm not worried about that except for when we did a little bit of a group, like a little couple counseling and, um, his therapist came on the screen and I'm like making him a glass of tea and I hear the therapist ask him so like how are you feeling today I'm going to give you this chart of feelings a chart with words on it and when I tell you there was like a minute and a half of silence where he was trying to pick a pick a word off of the chart (laughs) I, I had like this panic I was like oh my god we're paying $115. He's picking a word off of a chart. And most of it's in silence. Like it was just like sheer panic over me. And I was like, Oh my God. And I had to, I had to talk to my therapist about like, I want to control. I'm very controlling. Mm -hmm. I want to control the way that my husband is doing his therapy because I don't feel like he's doing it right. Yep. And I'm like, it's a waste of money. He's not doing it right. And that's what I'm saying. I'm very uptight. I'm very controlling. I feel like if you're not doing it the way that I would do it, you're not doing it the right way. And I know that's not logical. I know that's not the truth, but it's very hard for me to let go. And a hundred percent, the majority of our marital problems is me. Mm
2: -hmm. It's me
4: and I'm too controlling and I'm too much and I'm too uptight. And I really had to like, let go because for I've had to advocate for myself. I didn't, you know, my parents were not home and I didn't really have a dad and it was just me and my brother and I raised him. So Mm -hmm. I have, I'm, um, very like organized. We need to get this done. And I'm very articulate and know exactly what I'm feeling. And he wasn't raised like that. Like he literally doesn't know how are you, what are you feeling? I don't know.
0: Yeah. See, I'm I'm like your husband, like, seriously, when I started therapy, like I've been through a bajillion therapists, but when I found one that I liked, like the first thing she did was gave me an emotion wheel. Yeah. She was like, you're going to have to pick an emotion. She's like, you cannot tell me that you're angry every time we talk, because there is a different emotion than anger that you're feeling. But I wasn't taught my emotions like I wasn't taught how to identify or feel my feelings right they always tell you to feel your feelings I wasn't taught that crap like most of the time I was told not to feel anything you know like stop it why are you so emotional you know you're so dramatic don't be a whiner don't be a whiner like you know we all just get along to go along and so yeah like I'm a lot like your husband like I have to learn what the hell I feel I don't even know half the time
4: that stresses me out so bad (laughs) Like <laughs> I'm just, so I'm on a, I'm on a freight train going 150 miles an hour all of the time. Yeah. And I don't know how your OCD manifests. Like I know a lot of people experience the same illnesses, you know, different ways. And I didn't think I had OCD, you know, that that's not really, I don't. I wouldn't really have identified, you know, with that. And I know that sounds silly like you don't really identify with a, a mental illness, but I just wouldn't feel like I fit the criteria. And I do this thing I've done it since I was young where there's a loop in my head. It's the same thought over yep. and over and over and over again. And I'd always kind of been able to like cope with it until this was, this is my breaking point. It's just so stupid. I was laying in the bed. I was trying to go to sleep. My husband's asleep next to me and I'm laying there going, when was the last time he took a shower? When was the last time he took a shower? When did he take a shower, take a shower, take a shower? When did he take a shower? When was the last time he took a shower? And I couldn't go to sleep because all I kept thinking was when was the last time he took a shower yep. And this? It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy because it is. And it's like, I can't control it. Of course, my poor husband, I have to wake him up in the middle of the night. I'm like, when was the last time you took a shower? Right, (laughs) because
0: you can't get it out of your head until you get the answer. Didn't you do that to me
5: the other day? It was something that was something you, it was something you were worried about. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was.
0: So I think the problem, I think the problem with a lot of mental illnesses is that we have like the stereotypical presentation in our minds. Right. And so with OCD, that's, I mean, to the outside world, it's being neat. It's being tidy. It's having compulsions, you know, like monk, the show monk, like having all your compulsions and, and counting and things like that. There's so many different ways that OCD presents itself. And a lot of it is ruminating thoughts, you know, and everybody gets those ruminating thoughts when they have OCD it's, it's whether or not you get the compulsion to control the thought. And with me, I don't have the compulsions. I have a few compulsions, but not like overtly compulsions. But if I get something stuck in my head, I must fix the thing. I have Mm -hmm. like, I have to wake up the husband and ask if he took a shower. The other night, I couldn't remember where my military records were.
5: That's what it was. I don't need
0: my military records. Mm. I've been out of the military for over 10 years now. I don't need them but I couldn't remember where they were and I wasn't gonna settle down until I put my hands on them. And so we tore the house apart looking for freaking military records for no damn reason. And
5: they were where we put them last too. Yeah, they were exactly
0: where I put them last, but I couldn't remember where that was. And so a lot of mine is ruminating thoughts, but the other way that my OCD presented was I wanted things done. I wanted them done the way I wanted them done. And I wanted them done now. And when, Mm -hmm. when you're raising children, that's an unreasonable request. You know, I I tell my kids to put on their shoes, tie your shoes, go to the car. They're going to walk into the bedroom. They're going to get a toy. They're going to put on one shoe. Then they're going to forget that they didn't get socks. And then they're going to go get the socks. And then, oh my God, my jacket. And uh, he touched me. And so like, it doesn't get done the way I want it done. And when I want it done, and then all hell breaks loose because now I've lost it.
4: I think my husband has (laughs) picked up on that over the years that if I ask him to do something, I actually mean right now. Yes. And if you're not going to do it right now, you need to tell me you're not going to do it right now. Like, because I just have the unspoken expectation that it will be done right now when you think it's a suggestion or just something to add to your list <clears throat> so for the most part, if I ask him to do something, he does do it now, or he'll say, um, I can, but I have to do X, Y, Z first. And if I can adjust my expectations, I'm usually fine. Um, but it would get me really worked up because I'd be mm-hmm. like, can you, I don't even know, like, can you put the vacuum up? Yeah. Did you put the vacuum up? No, no, no. Why haven't you put it up? I'm out yeah. of, Well, I'll well, just have done it myself. I mean, get up, yeah. put the bag away. Like. And then
0: you're mad and you're stomping around. And you're like, well, I'll just do this myself because if I want something done, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the total same here. <laughs> and all three of the boys in this house know it. They figured it out. I mean, without me even having to tell them, they figured it out. And it's the same. Like I ask you to do something, either tell me you're not going to do it right then, which I get a lot now, or don't do it.
5: And, you know, I can gauge the level of how bad a day it is based on her response. When you say, I can't do it right now. If she says, okay, do it when you can, it's a go okay day. If she freaks out and says, I'll just do it myself. No one ever does anything to help. Then I know what's a bad day. And if I, you know, that's kind of just how it goes around here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, having that kind of personality is really hard when you have a 16 year old because you tell him to do something and, and also our 16 year old is ADD. So you tell him to do something and he will completely forget that you told him to do, unless you're like physically make him get up and do it right now. His brain doesn't retain that information. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And you know, your kids are so different than you. Their motivators are different Mm -hmm. consequences that work are different. And my son, I'd be like, I, I don't understand i gave you a list of things why don't you remember the list and, you know or like i wrote the list down well i don't know where i put it so <laughs> now it's like a, okay i'll be like jeremy go outside and take the trash out and when you're done taking the trash out i want you to come back to me because i'm gonna give you something else to do
2: mm-hmm. and then when
4: you do that i want you to come back to me because mm-hmm. i need the things to get done and if i just tell you to do one two and three one might get done yeah maybe probably gonna skip number one he'll do two and then forget about one and three and yep. that just grinds my gears but now you know he has and he's he is 11 but he's going through that um he doesn't want to be told what to do phase it's that angsty phase where you're like i'm a big kid but i'm still a little kid it's like yeah that.
2: exactly yeah
4: you know and um it's tough for kids who have divorced parents, you know, like I had, it. I grew up with divorced parents and it's hard being told you have to go to your mom's house. You have to yeah. go to your dad's house. You have to do this. And you feel like you don't have control over your own life. And that's really hard. And so when he gets like, I don't even want to do that. I don't want to go over there. And I'm like, do you not want to go over there? Or do you just not want to be told that you have to go over there? and that's usually what it comes down to he doesn't want to go to archery practice i don't want to go to archery practice i'm like yeah. you literally begged for us to go and put you on this team i'm team mom it's too late to back out now yeah. it's too late buddy it's way too late we, we made a commitment we have to go and I, he's like i just don't and i'm like it's just because you don't want to be told what to do and yeah. the more things i can oh yeah i'm pretty bad about phrasing things as a question but it's not a question it's a command yeah. I'll be like hey you want to you want to go take the trash out no what he that wasn't he's like well you asked me if I wanted to yeah
5: (laughs) that's George Arthur he will do that yeah
0: well our youngest our 11 year old I mean he's kind of getting over it but if he doesn't want to do something he'll tell you all about how he doesn't know how Oh yeah. So like, it's we'll tell him. Organized
4: incompetence.
0: Yeah. young. So we'll <laughs> tell him like, we started his chores at around like nine or 10. And um we would tell him to wipe down the counters. And he's like, I don't know how nobody's shown me. And it's like, okay, I'll show you. And then you're going to do it. Well, I can't find the cleaning products. I don't mm-hmm. know where the paper towels are. And like, I used to fall for it. And then like, once he turned 11, I was like, I don't know what to tell you because you ain't gonna do nothing until them that kitchen's clean. So work it out, like.
4: (laughs) I know, and you know what is so funny? I am a hundred percent addicted to TikTok. I, I, it's a guilty pleasure, and it's like my turn my brain off for the day. I love TikTok, and I have learned so many good parenting tips from TikTok, and it cracks me up. And I. And I will like watched a video the other day and I was like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. (laughs) And uh, it was, uh, just phrasing things differently. And I, he didn't do what he was told to do, whatever the expectation was probably like something with animals, like refilling the rabbit water. And I said, um. I need you to, to fill up that rabbit water. And if you don't fill up the rabbit water, you won't have the option to play your game anymore today. And he was like, oh, okay. You wanna go fill up the rabbit water. Like that <laughs> for some reason, you won't have the option to do what you wanna do if you don't do what you have to do. Yeah. And for some reason that clicked for him. And you know, that works for like a week and a half. And then now I have to re-strategize. Um, yeah, I, it's I, always I, changing but he is such a good kid like I'm not trying to talk shit about my kid all night he he really is he's a really cool kid he uh loves loves living on like a homestead he loves playing in the woods he um loves to carve walking sticks and um take like he's a weapon maker dude like he he, we bought him like a um like a little dagger thing that you get from like medieval times or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he pulled that out and like sharpened it and made a new handle for it. He's very like creative and artistic like that. He's just a super cool kid to get to know. I think he's cooler than all the other kids. Um, And he's my favorite, but we've kind of raised him like a little adult because he's an only child. So we don't talk to him like he's a little kid. We just talk to him like he's an adult. And it seems like, I don't know, when I meet other 11 year old kids, I'm kind of like, maybe our kid's not 11, maybe he's 23. We like,
2: yeah. so we, we um,
0: we've always done that with our boys. Is it's like, you know, we're not gonna talk to you like you're a child, like you can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of bit us in the butt because then we got a 15 year old who talked to us like we were his peers. And so we kind of had to have a conversation with him about how, like, yes, you, you do get an opinion in this family, but it's not a democracy. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, Um, we'll, we'll take your opinion under advisement, (laughs) but but you don't get a say. Um, You know, I find TikTok to be educational too. I've, you know, I don't know much about ADD. I have it myself, but I don't know a lot about it. It's not, you know, I know more about bipolar and stuff because that's what I've been dealing with. But the things that people will post about ADD or ADHD have really, especially for Steven, have really opened our eyes to like what our son is going through, right?
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. it's like, people are always like, this is what goes on inside my head. Yeah, <laughs> it's like- Oh, so that's why he gets real spacey.
5: (laughs) I've had to learn, you know, but at the same time, you know, back on the last point, like when when our oldest would got his job at the local dairy and when i talked to the owner one day because we were having an issue with another worker not a kid worker and she called me up and she started listing all the fabulous things and how great our son was and how he's not like those other kids his age who does they say know everything they think they know everything he he gets the job done and he's a hard worker he asks questions and i'm thinking to myself which kid who, who is who is this <laughs> invasion of the body snatchers like you're
0: not talking about my kid you're not talking about my kid he argues with me every day about what he knows (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but that's the whole I mean we joke about it you know like when they say that you don't have any home training home training is used outside the home you don't use your home training at home that's true you're a little shithead
4: when you're at home oh
5: yes big time
4: yeah and it's our job to give them the space to work through it and figure out their <clears throat> where they're going to be in in the world and something that's new for my generation of parents probably probably y'all's age my my age maybe a little bit younger than me a little bit older than us and it's this i know it's it's mind-blowing but like your kid doesn't have to hug everybody like teaching your kid that that, that they can they, say no oh yeah yes. their body
0: yes. on, what is it
4: anonymity yes. I said that all screwed up. Autonomy. 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 There you go. go. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. That is something new and, you know, not, and it shouldn't be new, but it is, you know, and especially down here in the South, you hug everybody, everybody hugs you, everybody touching everybody. I don't Mm -hmm. really like to be touched. I don't either.
5: Well, see, see I
0: don't either. And I married into an African-American family who has Southern roots and is deep in the church. All three things that make everybody want to touch you. Exactly. Right? And that's what I'm
5: gonna say. When I grew up in church, I do not like, like to be touched. There was no, I mean, if you didn't hug, it was like you we're gonna put you on the altar. Is something wrong with you? Well, yeah, especially yeah. if like you
0: didn't hug the church mother, oh god, yes, and so and so.
4: And you gotta watch yeah, it's, all it's of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's just the culture that you live in that's just our culture and so part of it is cultural and the other part is your personal boundaries that you're having to figure out and And you have to find a
0: balance between those two things like how do you balance the culture and your personal boundaries and I think at least for me I found a, a good balance I mean his mother understands she's finally figured it out. Like, I don't like physical touch for the most part, but like, I will still give her a hug, but her hugs are not nearly as long with me as they are with her son. Right. Like it's a short hug because she understands it. Um
5: And, you know, when and we that go to took fam- a lot of years. To I gonna say like, when we go around my family, like those, like those suckers, like the hug, they like, yeah. you know, and. Yeah.
4: Steven, is your love language physical touch? Yes. Oh,
5: yes, it is.
4: My husband's is too. Yes, it is. <laughs> and you know what's really bad is uh, mine,
0: mine is um acts of service. Mine yes. is we, have, we are so opposite. Like he literally has to remind me, like, I need some affection here.
5: <laughs> right. I mean, and and her job is like, well, if you want, f- affection, if you want affection, go screw in them. a light bulb or something. <laughs> <laughs> go like, go paint the wall. I don't know. Fight, do something.
4: Yeah. 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 My <laughs> husband was like that too. That is so funny. But, uh, what made me think of that was my son. So he's 11. So he's learning how to have his own voice and he's mm-hmm. learning how to say yes and no, you know, and those are things that we want to encourage. And, uh, I think it was like last week and he had like a zit on his shoulder or something like that. And my <laughs> husband was like, oh, let me see it. And my son went, no. <laughs> Sounds like my
5: oldest. He yeah. Kind
4: of, like Looked up at him. <laughs> and, you know, like, flinched forward when he said it, he was being assertive. He was testing that boundary out, testing out how to be assertive and say no and make sure that my hey. husband understood what he meant. Mm-hmm. And we both were kind of taken aback. And I said, um, I totally understand that you don't want your dad to touch that. Um but maybe don't do this motion when you talk to us. And he was like, okay. And I said, that's kind of reserved for somebody that you would like to fight. And I feel like we would win that fight. And he was like, okay, <laughs> And I was like, don't buck up at us. You can say no and be stern and be, you know, respectful and not get yourself knocked on the ground
5: by <laughs> it's like that tick tock where the where the kid always wakes the eyes open the eyes and the mom is yes. always
4: like sweetie you okay, okay? <laughs> <You're>
5: okay? <laughs> That's, let me tell you there are some times so, i look yeah so
0: our our 16 year old is huge he's ginormous so He's already in shoes bigger than his dad. He's
5: like 6'2", almost. He's
0: 6'2", dad's six one. Yeah. So like, he's already, he's way more taller than I am. He yeah. knows he's big. And so we went through, it was a good three or four months where he was really getting tall and big that he was- He was feeling himself. He was, he was smelling, smelling himself, himself and, as they say And, and he was starting you to buck walk. up at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he started to buck up at us. And like, we really, it was a fight. Not that it was a fight, but it was a lot of, like, back and forth and, like, you know.
5: Well, I had to tell him that, don't you think just because you're taller than me that you can kick my A? And even if you can, I'll get a bat, let me tell you, because you're not, <laughs> I'm not having it. You're not, I'm not having a kid that's going to beat me. Mm-hmm. Like, but hopefully yeah. I raised him right, that wouldn't happen anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, he definitely likes to buck he, like he, he was. Wants he to. was
4: smelling himself. Yeah. That It's the angst. They can't yeah. help it. They're trying inside of a kid body when they feel like they're an adult. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, trouble. and I, you know, I always have to remind Steven too. It's like, remember when you were 16, like you weren't as put together as you are right now. Like you weren't as in control of your emotions as you are right now. Like you would That's pop true. off at the handle because you were a 16 boy and you had all of these emotions and all of this angst and all this other stuff. And it's like you know,
5: and I thought I knew everything.
0: Like he thought you knew everything.
4: Oh
5: my god! And everybody god. else was stupid. Yeah, I was you just don't know what you're talking about. The times I are changing. I still
4: feel like that. Yeah. I, still. <laughs> I do. It's like a problem. I need to work on it because my job. I don't know what the deal is, and you know the, the there's like a long running joke of per my last email.
0: Yes.
5: <laughs> I
4: love per that. my last email i feel like That's such an
5: email electronic microaggression it really is
4: <laughs> but it works every time <laughs> i need to i should start a podcast called for my last email where i just read email interactions
5: Ooh, that would be good actually
4: <laughs> like because every day i'm like i oh, know this freaking damage not read the email <laughs> I know you are not sending me another goddamn email about this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. And I'm like, I bolded it and you still didn't read it. Oh my God. Every day. That's what I get worked up about. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, this person, you know, and it, that's what gets me so worked up and so crazy. And I got to come down off of it at the end of the day, because I really do get stressed out about it
5: her my last email i yep. love it yeah i love it well look y- you know you ladies are having a wonderful conversation i don't want to interrupt it but it has been an hour yeah and yeah. um and so uh we want to thank you for joining on the show joining us and we will put the link to the group
0: yeah bipolar babes we'll put it up in the description in of the, the description
5: show. of the show and uh you definitely need to get us uh, information about, well, yeah, I mean, how to get your, um, your your j- jams, your jams. And, <laughs> and I need uh, to
0: learn how to can,
5: <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, that might be an opportunity when we head south to stop off and learn Ugh. how to, how to can on our way to Florida, to you see go. your parents, um, you want
4: to put together a bipolar babes, uh... <sighs> Canning. <laughs>
0: yeah, canning thing. That's what we need to do.
4: You'll be bring a skill, teach a skill. OK, there you go. There you I go. Like that.
5: There you go. And I'm sure let me see your husband. Does he drink beer?
4: Mm, occasionally,
5: well, what's his choice? Does he like anything or does he just prefer just not to do anything?
4: He's kind of a. if he drinks a beer, maybe like a hogarten. But he's he's pretty chill by himself. Like he literally I don't know how he functions. He must have a lot of internal silence.
5: The man must have been a monk in a life. Like, I don't even know what this... that
4: sounds
0: like. Yeah, to have I... internal silence.
5: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I have quite a few friends in that head of mine too. Yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna be quiet at all.
2: Yeah. Um, but
5: anyway, okay. So here's we we ask every guest that comes on the show if there was a song that described your week. Um, give it to us now, and we'll we'll play it. You know, in the uh, out. The show. Okay.
4: I this well. We'll say just today. Okay. And today it's been a train wreck. But I don't. I cannot remember the name of the song. But you know that song that it goes, "Chickadee China the Chinese Chicken." Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh, what song
5: is that? <laughs> Chickadee China. What is you know
4: that I know what I'm, I'm talking about. I know
5: what you're talking about too. I'm okay, bad with names.
4: It's so, the song is so fast. Like, it. Da, 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 da. That's what I feel like. I'm on a freight train, and I feel like it needs to be the Chickadee China, the Chinese chicken song. Chickadee. The <laughs> Was it like eight days? No, eight. It's,
0: it's one week.
4: One week, yes.
0: It's one week. It's
5: one week. Oh, that's the name of the song, One Week?
0: Yeah, by Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Bare Naked Ladies.
4: That's right.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So all right, so we'll we'll drop that at the end of the show. Oh, that's a fun uh, song for the week. But you're right,
4: that's like everything's just happening all at (laughs) once.
5: Yeah, that's true.
4: And I only could remember Chickadee China. So (laughs) that's okay. I knew exactly what you were talking about.
5: (laughs) Uh, Maybe that'll be the name of the show. All I can remember is Chickadee China.
0: (laughs) I'm game for it. I'm
5: game for it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this won't go out on sunday it'll be next sunday
5: i think so yeah
0: yeah yeah or one week ahead
5: yeah yeah so it'll, it'll be yeah in one week uh will that, is that super bowl
4: sunday yeah super so bowl it'll sunday come out- your show Ooh, will come
5: out oh yeah this show's not gonna get any hits that day
4: it will eventually yeah. i'm not a i'm not a football gal so it doesn't matter to me but i <laughs> if you guys have me on i know we really didn't even talk about the group it's a great group you should it's a
0: great group You should definitely join. I mean, if the conversations
5: are this fun, you should definitely join it.
4: The way I feel about Super Bowl this
0: year is that there's a football game that's interrupting my concert. Um, Uh, Who who is singing? So it's Eminem. It's Mary J. Blige. It's Snoop Dogg um, and Kendrick Lamar.
5: There's going to be a lot of little polite kids that learn their parents have have gangster tendencies out there in the suburbs. Yes.
0: So the football game is interrupting my concert this year.
5: Well, we're having a few people (laughs) over. So then I guess during the distraction of the football game, you guys will go and do whatever it is you want to do. Uh, oh so yeah, God. we're having us. we I can't believe we're even having people over, but luckily they're all people who have been taking care of themselves. And they're not going to bring COVID in the house.
4: because well, Let scary. me put out my let me put out my my two cents about the group. Okay. Uh, you don't Good. have to be diagnosed to be in the group. If you just think you're bipolar, you can you can join. I always encourage people to join and just read through all of the posts um, from the past and you don't have to post, you can join the group and just be an observer. And it's not as busy as it once was, uh, Emma Emma and I will go in and kind of get conversations starting every once in a while, but we've both been really busy lately. Um, Mm -hmm. and there pretty much are no rules. We talk about anything and everything, and it doesn't matter, um, you know, where you come from or what you want to talk about what your background is. The only rule is that you have to be kind to Mm. others. And it doesn't matter if you have a disagreement, but it's a place where we're supposed to be supportive of each other. Um, And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all.
5: Um, Oh, I just love that Southern passion and compassion and love. I said,
4: I'm not nice. So I will call you out on your crap and send you a packing if you're mean to my girls. Oh, I like okay. that. I like
5: that. I like that. I like that. You got to stand up. That's it. But, you <laughs> know, from, from, yeah, from where I'm coming from, you're super nice. I mean, I mean, maybe that's a testament to the type of people I'm around all the time, but. <laughs> 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 so I we're had. just,
4: all we're all a little bit similar. You'll be surprised with uh, how many things you find in common with, with other people who are experiencing what you're going through. That's um, true. And you're not alone and uh, there are no boundaries. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And uh, Emma and I will try to talk start the most scandalous conversations so that mm. other people can feel comfortable talking about whatever it is they need to. Yeah. Uh,
5: like when you were manic, how many people did you sleep with in one night?
4: Yeah.
0: we. I'm, yeah, no, we'll have those conversations.
4: Yeah, yeah, we there literally are no boundaries. There's no TMI um, because if you're thinking it or if you've done it, somebody else has to my brain is
5: too creative, though. I'm kidding. There
4: really, they're really, it there really is. Uh, there's just so many ways to come <laughs> bipolar, and a lot of them get a little bit on the wild side. So <laughs> all of those conversations are welcome in our group, and uh, it's the bipolar babes support group. It's a we have a page. Um, we don't really use it. It's it's really just a page to tell you that there is a group, right. Um, And so you do have to request to join and there are a couple of questions and we just ask that you answer them and um, agree to our little rules, which are basically be nice. Yeah. Um, So, and there's no age limit. We have, we, well, I shouldn't say that we prefer that you be 18, but we do have maybe like one or two that are like 16, 17 that we did have conversations with previously and telling them, you know. It, this is a group for an, for adults, um, but all of those, I think they were 17 or 18, but those kids have been aged up now, so. Mm-hmm.
5: So, t- all- me, so tell me about outcomes. Like, tell me about the impact that this group is making. Like, what are you hearing from the people in the group about the, the type of impact it's making in their lives?
4: So we have a lot of, I think that the best thing is when people say like, oh, I didn't know, that there were other people like me, you know, and that was the biggest thing. And then the COVID kind of really threw a wrench in all of our plans, but we did have a retreat, um, last, I like last year in February. No uh,
5: kidding.
4: Yeah. yeah. So we, we where was it? Um, okay. we went to the Blue Ridge mountains in Georgia and we had, there were like six of us, oh. six or seven of us. <clears throat> and I still talked to all of those girls. Like, you know, we're, we've, we became instant friends like, and it was just so crazy how many things we had in common. And we spent, um, I think it was like three, three days together. We planned, um, like a little activity, anybody listening out there, if you're feeling like anxious or like angry, number one tip, best thing we've ever done buy a small watermelon, write all your bullshit on the watermelon and beat the heck out of it with a baseball bat outside. I guarantee you, you will feel better. It was the best thing that we ever did
5: that's a pretty brilliant uh yeah um activity oh my god it was
4: great we filmed it I think we probably posted the the pictures and the videos in the group and stuff um and we did have a plan to go on a cruise um at the end of this year January 2022 we're supposed Mm -hmm. to all go on a cruise but that's kind of up in the air right now with COVID and everything and um what different different people can and can't do because you have to be vaccinated in order to get on a cruise ship right now
2: right
4: um, and that's not an option for everybody so right um it's just kind of up in the air but it is a great group it is i'm a little bit biased i have a sticker on the back of my car that says bipolar babes like a little facebook emblem and i'm sure that people stay away from me while i'm driving down the road yes they probably yeah I,
5: I wouldn't mess with you either Maybe. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm like she's a rebel yeah uh, <laughs> um well you know what thank you and we definitely look forward to you know you got to keep us posted on that whole uh retreat that'd be Mm -hmm. something fun for you to go to give me a place to go to and see something new you can go to retreat I'll go explore there you go yeah we need
4: a uh, actually that is December was supposed to be bring your bring your spouse trip oh it is supposed to be a bring your spouse trip because we all were like Oh, we, our husbands need a support group. Our our wives need a support group for the, each other because it's like, you know, it's kind of hell to be married to us sometimes. So, yeah.
5: I'm going to start speaking in tongues. I'm going to start speaking in tongues. It's not you. easy. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's, it's so true. Um, uh, thank you so much. We could, we could probably have made this a two-hour show. You know, I, I think this is great because when we do the symposium later this year in September, we would love to have you on. I think you'd be great, don't you, honey? Yeah, I would love to have you on. And it's it's actually co-hosted by our guest hosts um, and we actually become participants um and uh, we go through just a ton of topics and talk and it would be you know a lot of fun uh to get new voices as well yeah, involved.
4: yeah. just let me know well i'll let you guys go I've got to go in and take care of my family play my yes chicken yes.
0: Chicken. yes ours are doing god knows what
5: upstairs know. but it's getting loud yeah it's time for them to go to bed <laughs> all right have a great night and it's nice talking with you nice meeting you nice
4: to talk to you nice to meet you steven and me i will talk to you guys soon yeah.
5: all right Bipolar Girl
3: Productions presents Bipolar Girl Interview of the Week. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me, saying get that together, come back and see me. Three days. The living room. I realized it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you yesterday. You've forgiven me, but it'll still be today till I say I'm sorry. Oh, then now i a what's a because I make you stop think. You'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish, although I like the chalice, I like the sushi, cause it's never touch a frying pan. Hot like wasabi when I boss rhymes. Big like Leanne rhymes because I'm all about value camper campers got the mad hits You try to match wits You try to hold me but I bust through Can I make a break and take a pick I like a sink and they can shake I like vanilla It's the finest of the flavors going to see the show and then you'll know the vertigo Is gonna go cause it's so dangerous You'll have to sign a waiver Can I help it if I think you're funny When you're mad Trying hard not to smile Though I feel bad I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral Can't understand what I mean Well you soon will I have a tendency to wear my mind On my sleeve I have a history of taking off my shirt It's been one week since you looked at me Threw your arms in the air and said you're crazy Five days since you tackled me i still got the reference on both my knees It's been three days since the afternoon You realize it's not my fault, but I'm woman too soon Yesterday you'd forgiven me And now I'll sit back and wait till you say you're sorry
0: drumstick and your brain stops sticking, watching X-Files with no lights on, with all our maisons.
3: I hope the smoking man's in this one well, like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic, like Stingham Trick, like stinkers guaranteed to satisfy like Kurosawa, I make mad films okay, I don't make films, but if I did, they'd have a samurai, gonna get a set of better clubs gonna find the kind with tiny nubs, on so my arms, I'm always flying off the backswing, gonna get into my Sailor cause that cartoon has got the boom anime babes that make me think the wrong thing, how can I help it if I think you're funny when you're mad, trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad, I'm the kind of Sure. It's been one week since you looked at me Dropped your eyes the and said I'm sorry Five days since I laughed at you And said you just did just what I thought you were gonna do Three days since the living room We realize we're both to blame But what could we do? Yesterday, you just smiled at me Cause it'll still be two days till we say we're sorry It'll still be two days till we say we're sorry
2: It'll
3: still be two days till we say we're sorry my we DMP
5: Thank you for listening to another week of Bipolar Girl. In the words of Grammy Award winning artist from Africa, Amo Sangari, who I absolutely love, Confico, the uncertainty of things. You know, living with a mental illness or living with someone with a mental illness can be uncertain at times. But that's why we do this show. We do this show to create community and a place where you can express yourself and get knowledge. Right, honey?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason we have the show, right?
5: Though, again, things might be uncertain, you can be certain that we're here for you. Godspeed and have a great week.